Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we are going to tackle some of the lies that are happening in the culture right now that are often uh, represented as truth. If you've ever heard someone say things like, live your truth or live your best life now or, or whatever, uh, we have a real treat for you today. Uh, Lisa Childers is joining us here to talk about her brand new book. She is a uh, an apologist, a wife, a mom, an author, a speaker, and a worship leader. You may remember her as part of the uh, CCM recording group that won many, many awards back in the day called Zoe Girl. Uh, she is now uh, a, a host of, the, well, you can con connect with her at lisachilders.com. She is an apologist who has a very, I believe, uh, refreshing and unique perspective on events that are happening in the culture and unapologetically uh, defending the Christian faith. Her brand new book that just came out is called Live Your Truth and other lives exposing popular deceptions that make us anxious, exhausted, and self-obsessed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Elisa Childers, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, this is a great conversation, and I'm so glad you went after these individual kind of uh, truths, if you will, because we were having this conversation not too, too long ago with our adult children. The, the idea that there are so many people who want to say, well, here's the deal. This is my truth, you know, and I'm, I'm just living my truth. And if you don't accept my truth, it's kind of like people have become the, their own standard of morality. Uh, what was it about what's happening in the culture right now that led you to say, I got to put this down on paper? I mean, we, we need something that kind of gives us a roadmap to kind of navigate things that people will say so convincingly in the culture, but they really don't have any basis in scripture. Right. Well, uh, you know, so my area of focus is progressive Christianity. So I was reading a lot of books written by progressive Christians who basically, you know, progressive Christianity denies the idea that human sin would separate humans from God. So the the gospel in progressive Christianity is just you need to realize that you are united with God. You've never been separated. And I think that that is the type of message that has gained a lot of momentum in culture, even outside the church. If you think about all of the messaging that is is pumped at us through places like Netflix and books and media. It's all about how wonderful you are. Like you right. are just perfect, just as you are. You're enough for yourself. And so I started to see that that messaging kind of cross over even into the church really through the vehicle of progressive Christianity. So I wanted to talk about it from a more um, kind of addressing the more pop level influencers who are promoting these ideas and really showing how unbiblical they are, but not just showing how unbiblical they are, but the more beautiful story the Bible has to tell and the, the more beautiful way of life the Bible has to offer us. You know, it's interesting when you talk about that, oftentimes it really comes down to being a zero-sum game for a lot of people, especially in the progressive kind of left-leaning church, where it is, this is my truth, this is my reality or whatever I think, you know, I'm enough, so you can't question me, and then you have to choose yes or no to me, rather than saying, wait, doesn't 1 Corinthians 13 start out with, let me show you a more excellent way? I mean, isn't the whole point of the gospel message, you once were lost, but now you're found? I mean, that, that there are people who are just kind of settling for this live your best life now mentality without realizing that really isn't biblical. And, and yet I, I admire the way, Elisa, you have taken your ministry into the, it, right into the teeth of this, you know, the progressive uh, type of mantra, because it really started to kind of eat away at you in your own uh, background. Tell, give us a little bit of, uh, about your story about how the progressive movement kind of came for you. Yeah, they, it sure did. So after Zoe Girl came off the road, my husband and I started attending a, 
non-denominational evangelical church right in the heart of the Bible Belt in Middle Tennessee, where we were living. And uh, we loved it. We loved the pastor's intellectual approaches to his sermons. We loved the sense of community we found with the people there. And so we really made this church our home. And after about eight months of us attending there, the pastor invited me to be a part of a smaller group that would meet uh, on a weekday. This was going to be a very exclusive group that he compared to seminary. He said, we're going to dive really deep and go go into the deep issues. And so I was really excited. But um, what I didn't realize at the time and what I was totally unprepared for was that the pastor had already deconstructed his faith and was actually trying to get other people into deconstruction. So mm. he was picking apart and explaining away all of these core doctrines of the Christian faith that I had believed my whole life. And so it really wasn't until we left the church that all of those doubts that were planted in the class took root in my own heart. And it propelled me into a crisis of faith that led me really to the edge of agnosticism. So I cried out to God, asked him to show himself if he's really real. And um, the, the Lord in his faithfulness led me to the study of apologetics, church history, theology, philosophy, science, all the things uh, that really led me to the conclusion after years of studying that uh, the Christian worldview is based in reality. Like this, the, the claims that it makes about itself, according to the Bible or who Jesus is, those all stand the test yeah. of scrutiny. They stand, they stand the, uh, up against the evidence. And so um, I love to just be able to help other people. But the thing, the thing that's unique about my story is that it happened in a church and that church would later go on to rebrand itself as a progressive Christian community. Mm. Wow. And that's amazing when you hear that, because I think there are a lot of people who would gladly say, hey, look, we can look at church history and see where, especially here in the United States, where we've gotten it wrong, where we've made mistakes, you know, where there were passages used to support slavery and things like that. You know, th th there, there are things that have been taken out of context. And, and I think any discerning Christian should be able to look at those stories and say, yeah, they, they, they kind of whiffed on that one big time. But for you to have a pastor to try to draw you into the fact that they were so-called deconstructing their faith, what's the point of deconstructing if you're not going to rebuild? I mean, if you're going to take something apart, I had a neighbor when I was growing up, uh, he was always tinkering with his dad's motorcycle. And it was, he loved to just take it apart, but at some point he had to put it back together again and ride it, you know, either because he didn't want his dad to find out what he was doing or because he was, he was just trying to study the engine and see what the internal stuff is. And it sounds to me like in your journey, Elisa Childers, one of the things that you were able to find was in going through this kind of deconstruction process yourself, you were able to rebuild a real and solid faith. And, and I, something tells me God really welcomes that among his children, that we have that kind of curiosity. I think that's right. And I'm actually writing a book on deconstruction right now. And mm. really deconstruction, a lot of people naively, I think, think about deconstruction kind of like you've described, like taking apart a car and putting it back together. Right. But in the deconstruction movement, that's really not what it's about. It's really about demolishing the the mm. foundations of historic Christianity and moving from the authority of the Bible, even the authority of objective truth and moving that to the authority of self. And I think we see that manifest in the deconstruction movement so much because often in the deconstruction movement, they'll even tell you, you know, it's not about reconstructing. We don't care what you end up believing. Right. We don't care right. where you land as long as you deconstruct what you came from. And so um, it's an interesting phenomenon we're seeing happen. Um, and I, you know, in my book, Another Gospel, I described what happened to me as deconstruction. But honestly, after I've studied it, I've kind of backed off using that word. It was the best word I had at the time, right, but I right. always wanted to know what was true. I did not want to just go with, you know, I didn't want to follow my heart. I wanted to line up what I yeah. believe with reality. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that phrase. Lisa Childers is with me today here on the bottom line. Her brand new book is called Live Your Truth and Other Lies. 
lies, exposing popular deceptions that make us anxious, exhausted, and self-obsessed. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. That whole, uh, you know, God just wants you to be happy mentality. That, I mean, that that's a, uh, it seems like a pretty huge lie that a lot of people in the church have bought. You know, if you're not happy and having fun all the time, if you're not, you know, overflowing with confidence and success, and oh, by the way, you've got a lot of money and a nice house too, then you're really not living the Christian life. Help us understand why that really isn't rooted in scripture and, and what's the antidote for that. Right. And I think that, you know, this is one of the big kind of keystone lies that so many other ones are built upon, because I think it's very tempting, even like thinking about being a Christian parent. Of course, I want my kids to be happy, right? Like it can be, it can be tempting as a parent to want to remove every obstacle that would make my kid uncomfortable or unhappy. But Mm -hmm. we know that those obstacles, if they're forced to experience that discomfort and even sometimes suffering, it causes them to be stronger and it causes them to be more compassionate and deeper people. And so we know that God uses those things in our life. And ultimately, I think what what the world describes happiness as is just like a temporary feeling of contentment, you know, something you might experience by having a perfect day at the beach or a nice cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's not God's goal for us. God's goal for us is to be in relationship with him. That's actually the purpose for which we were created was to worship God and be in his presence forever. That's why we are here. And so anything we seek to put in that in the place of that is you know, it might make us feel good in a moment, but ultimately it's not going to hit the bullseye of what really makes us tick because we won't be fulfilling our purpose. And so it's sort of like a, a dog chasing its tail when we, when we say, oh, well, I just want, you know, as long as I'm happy and successful, then everything's fine. But that's ultimately not God's goal. I mean, for my kids, I think about it like, I mean, yes, I want them to, I don't want them to have lives filled with suffering, but ultimately more than being happy, I want them to follow Christ yeah. and whatever that means and whatever comes with it. That's, that's my goal for them. Well, I think it's a, it's, this is a great read, and I highly recommend it to our listeners. Elisa Childers is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, and her brand new book is called Live Your Truth and Other Lies, Exposing Popular Deceptions that Make Us Anxious, Exhausted, Self-Obsessed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. On the other side of this break, we're going to go after one of the ones I'm so glad Elisa takes on in this book that is often thrown back in the faces of Christians, especially from the totalitarian left, but also from the progressive church as well, with regarding to judging not, because we don't want to be judged ourselves. What exactly does that mean? And uh, I, I love the phrase that Lisa has for that. We're going to talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Clients love her. Insurance companies fear her. No other personal injury attorney knows the inner workings of insurance companies like Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. In a cutthroat industry where most attorneys don't even last five years, Stephanie Cover spent 20 years defending insurance companies, never compromising her integrity despite constant external pressure. During those 20 years, Stephanie Cover gained invaluable insight into the tricks of the trade. She knows more about your insurance policy than your adjuster does. Today, Cape Wright's personal injury attorney uses her unparalleled knowledge of the insurance company's playbook to call their bluff every time, even earning the grudging respect from lawyers and adjusters who know they can't get anything by her. She used to defend them. Now she beats them at their own game. Schedule a free, no-obligation consultation at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. She knows the other side. Alisa Childers is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, award-winning musician, and now I think a very important apologist and evangelist all at the same time. 
Uh, her brand new book is called Live Your Truth and Other Lies, Exposing Popular Deceptions That Make Us Anxious, Exhausted, and Self-Obsessed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Do you suspect, Elisa, that part of the reason why we're seeing greater incidents of anxiety and depression and, and people are just so self-consumed? I mean, I would have said, well, anxious because of you know COVID and the pandemic and exhausted because we're always on social media and self-obsessed because we can't stop looking at ourselves in the mirror. Um, that those are some reasons, but maybe the larger issue is something more spiritual than temporal. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I you, I chose those descriptions, you know, anxious, exhausted, and self-obsessed, particularly exhausted, because as I was researching for this book and reading books written by pop-level influencers who are basically promoting a lot of these lives, I felt exhausted reading the books mm. because. Mm-hmm. It's like they would, on one hand, they would tear away the foundations of Christianity and lead you away from that, but at the same time, give you a laundry list of things you have to do. You have to read this study. You have to join this Facebook group. Right. You got to do the work here. It's do the work, do the work, do the work. And it's just exhausting. In fact, one particular book I was reading, I read this entire book of just how terrible Christianity is, how terrible the church is, how terrible, terrible, and then the laundry list. And then it ends with this chapter on telling the truth and how important honesty is. And I remember just thinking, my goodness, you could have saved yourself all of this work (laughs) and just read the Bible, (laughs) you know? So, and I think too, um, studies are showing among Gen Z that we're more exhausted, they're more exhausted than ever. In fact, tired. Is, is one of the emotions they reported feeling the most. They're also, I think what's undergirding the whole thing on a spiritual level is a rejection of absolute truth. So we yeah. know from studies with uh, Gen Z that the dominant worldview of people 20 or so and under is moral relativism, meaning like what is, as far as what's good or bad, what we should or shouldn't do, that's relative to each person. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we're seeing skyrocketing levels of depression and anxiety and all these other things that are going along with it. So I really do think there's a correlation there. I think when we unhitch ourselves from the eternal foundational truths of God's word, which by the way, don't make you exhausted and anxious because they don't change. They're not going to pull the rug out from underneath you. You can stand on them. They've stood the test of time. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of Christians have testified to uh, the truthfulness of, of these things working themselves out in their lives. So, you know, we don't have to get on the hamster wheel of social media where it's like, you know, check social media every five minutes to find out what you're supposed to think. Um, That's exhausting. And that's, that causes anxiety. And, but, but it's all based on objective truth being a real thing because Christianity makes exclusive claims about itself. And so in that sense, Christianity is true for everyone, whether they believe it or not, which means it has eternal consequences for everyone. But our our culture has largely rejected the idea that if objective truth even exists, that it could be known. Yeah. And it's so amazing to see that the correlation between, as you mentioned, Lisa Childers, the, 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 the negative impacts of not believing that. And yet the reality of, you know, if I walk out on a sunny day and tell everybody it's raining and it's thunder and everybody run inside, they'll look at me like I'm nuts. But it seems like when somebody else says, well, I, up is down and left is right, then, oh, okay, well, I, I you know, and, and here's my new book and my new video series and subscribe right. to my podcast, you know, <laughs> so we can talk about how miserable we are. It's, it's amazing how when you don't choose to live your truth, but when you choose to live God's truth, then we do find that peace and we do find that joy. Your truth and other lies, exposing popular deceptions that make us anxious, exhausted, self-obsessed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. 
you do uh, take on the 800 pound gorilla in the room. If I see this one more time in the New York Times or you know, Washington Post or whatever, say, well, here come the Christians once again, and they shouldn't be judging because it says in the Bible and they quote, you know, this much of Matthew 7. And next thing you know, um, well, we, we shouldn't be judging people. You have a chapter where you use a term that's now my new favorite word, but I want <laughs> you to share it because there's a reason why you picked this term about the whole, why does the world get judgment wrong, especially progressive Christians? Right. Well, the, the chapter of the book is called McJudgy Pants. <laughs> and I chose that word because I can't tell you how many times I would write a blog post or review a progressive book and somebody would come in my comment section and call me judgmental. And then I started to notice people would say things like, oh, don't be such a McJudgy Pants. And I thought, mm -hmm. what a title for a chapter and yeah so we call this the atheist favorite bible verse right judge not lest you be judged that is the verse everybody pulls out when you make any claim about objective truth especially when it comes to morality right and they're quoting jesus of course but they're just picking that one little phrase he said right out of the context within which he said it which was actually giving instructions on how to confront another brother or sister in christ in their sin. That's yep. taking speck out of your brother's eye. So Jesus is saying, don't do that hypocritically. He said, take the log out of your own eye so that you will be able to see clearly to help your brother take the speck out of his eye. So the whole point of the passage is to equip you to help your brother take the speck out of his own eye. And of course, Jesus wasn't saying we should never make judgments about people. In fact, in that same passage, he refers to people as dogs and he says, don't throw your pearls before pigs. Right, right. You have to do some judging to figure out who are the dogs and who are the pigs and all of these things. But we also know that's not what Jesus meant, because in John, he said in the Gospel of John, he says, ju uh, don't don't judge based on appearances, but judge with right judgment. So he's telling us actually to judge with correct judgment. And so, you know, this is something that just gets taken really out of context. Even Paul said, as Christians, it's not really our business to judge those outside the church, but we are to judge those inside the church. And that's to keep the church um, protected from the contagion of sin, but also to restore the sinner back to God and back to the church. So, you know, as Christians, we just, we live by different standards. You know, we have to get off the hamster wheel of culture and just, and, and be comfortable with living according to what the Bible says we should do. Well, you were talking about restoring someone to Lisa Childers though. And let's face it, the left and progressives don't want restoration. I mean, no. they, 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 they want reduction or demolition or whatever, but they're really, they're, it, it, it's the antithesis of the gospel of that Jesus said, I've come to seek and save the lost not to seek and destroy the lost and uh, that it's a point that you make very well in your new book live your truth and other lives exposing popular deceptions that make us anxious exhausted and self-obsessed and we have a link to the book up at the bottom line show.com we have a couple of minutes left in our conversation elisa and it's been so helpful i think for our listeners to hear your description of what it was like to kind of wander in the deconstruction mode now realizing you know how it helped god used it to help you reconstruct we all have somebody in our family and the holiday season's coming up, but we all have someone in our family who either, you know, has this, you know, crossed armed, you know, purse lip expression. They don't mm -hmm. want to hear about it from us or maybe worse. They've kind of moved into progressive Christianity and they've kind of got a kind of an air of superiority. How do we embrace? Cause I mean, it's too easy in a cancel culture, especially to say, well, I can't talk to them either. So we're just not going to talk, but against the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. How do you recommend in this cancel culture that we live in where so many people believe lies that are, uh, they think are true? How do mm. we help confront them? 
Yeah, it it, it really is tough. It, it, I think it depends on your relationship with the person and how open they are to talking about these things. I think there are some uh, scenarios in which the best you'll be able to do is just stay in their life, show them a lot of love, live the mm -hmm. beauty of the gospel out in front of them, especially if they've said, look, I don't want to talk about religion with you. Um, uh, you know, of course, there I have various relationships like that in my life, too, where I just with some people, I just have to show the fruit of the gospel in my yes, life and let them yeah. see the peace that I have, the joy that I have, because ultimately this whole deconstruction culture, cancel culture, none of that leads to real deep abiding peace or any kind of a sense of joy. It's very fear-based. It's very anxious. It's very um, pessimistic. It's very uh, totalitarian, as you mentioned before. So, but you know, if there are open doors to talk about these things, I think asking questions is a great way to get people thinking, asking yeah. questions like tell me more about that or help me understand that or what do you mean by that you know me, might be using the same phrase or the same word but meaning different things and um you know how how did you come to that conclusion or what was what was your thinking to get you there and then you know maybe after that you can even uh ask questions like well you know have you considered this point of view or or maybe this particular fact or something like that but i think asking questions is a great way to keep the heat from getting too you know blood pressure getting too high and all of that in in some of these tense conversations conversations. Yeah, that's great wisdom from Elisa Childers today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Live Your Truth and Other Lies, Exposing Popular Deceptions That Make Us Anxious, Exhausted, and Self-Obsessed. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. In addition to a link for Elisa's website as well, you can connect with her there, ask great questions, find out where she's speaking. Are you out and about? Are you doing uh, kind of the speaking circuit again? Or what, how, how, what's the best way for us to really benefit from your ministry in terms of, I know the, the podcast, it's outstanding, but how else could we interact with you? Yeah, well, I have been doing quite a bit of speaking lately. In fact, right before I'm actually, um, I'm at, not too far from where you are right now. I'm in the LA area on Catalina Island right now as we speak. Just came from Las Vegas where I spoke at a women's conference at a Calvary Chapel there. So I'm doing some speaking, but probably the best way to connect is through my YouTube channel. Just search my name, Elisa Childers, or the Elisa Childers podcast on audio platforms. That's kind of the best way to keep up with everything. But of course, you can go to elisachilders.com for all the information. One click there and it's it gives you everything you're looking for. Alisa Childers, thank you so much for this great book and for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. What a great conversation and what a powerful title. This is a good topic. Alisa Childers has been my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Again, that title is Live Your Truth and Other Lies, Exposing, exposing Popular Deceptions That Make Us Anxious, Exhausted, and Self-Obsessed. A link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have a copy at least, if not uh, two, to give away right now. 800-227-5278. Uh, Crystal and Teresa taking your calls. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. You have a large 401k or IRA as your retirement nest egg. How about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care? And if you need one or both, you both have it. That's right, permanent income inflation benefits, long-term care benefits with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our clients' money in the 4D account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today 
at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Elisa Childers at elisachilders.com. Great podcaster, blogger, and apologist. Uh, her brand new book is called Live Your Truth and Other Lies, Exposing Popular Deceptions That Make Us Anxious, Exhausted, and Self-Obsessed. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away a copy of the book right now, although we may have two. But I recommend you give Crystal and Teresa a call at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Happy Movie Monday to you as a bottom line listener. I'm really excited about this week's entry. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to get into it. These Movie Mondays are so much fun because we've got so many different genres to talk about. I mean, last week it was Tim Mahoney with Patterns of Evidence. We've also had The Chosen, uh, you know, with season three that's going to be a theatrical release. And Max McLean, the C.S. Lewis uh, uh movie uh the the most reluctant convert and the story of how that almost didn't come to the screen um it's just so interesting to see how many different faith-based film projects are available now either in theaters and we'd love to support them when they're in theaters or on dvd get your dialing fingers ready because we do have a pair of tickets for this week's movie monday uh, feature to give away rick eldridge is the producer of a brand new movie called first responders which is based on actual testimony of people of faith who work in police officer world or the firefighter world or their dispatchers or their, in some cases, counselors, taking some of their actual testimony and dramatizing it into a you know movie arc, if you will, that's got different patterns of you know where that's going to show up. It's in theaters tonight and tomorrow, and we have a pair of tickets for tomorrow's performance. Um, 800-227-5278 is the number to call. I want you to listen to my conversation with Rick Eldridge. Rick is waiting for us in the wings and will be joining us on the other side of this break to talk about why this story was so important to tell, why these stories, I should say, so important to tell. And at a time when a lot of people might see the first responder movement, I mean, let's not forget that it also includes people who work in the medical community, especially with COVID, a lot more people kind of in first responder mode there and then also of course let's face it for those who work protecting the dignity of human life and helping women in what we used to call crisis pregnancies and saving the life of the mother and the baby through organizations like preborn i mean we partner with these people um, for a very specific reason and that is to make you aware of the outstanding work that's being done in the faith community to provide ultrasounds for example to save babies' lives. That's becoming a first responder position. Uh, to work in police and firefighting, I think as many people have known, and a movie like First Responders, which is out in theaters today and tomorrow. We've got a pair of tickets for tomorrow to give away. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, Rick Eldridge, the producer of First Responders movie, is going to join me for a conversation about why he chose to make this movie the way he did. It's pretty raw. It's pretty gritty. It's very faith-based. Rick Eldridge coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome to a special segment here on The Bottom Line Show as part of our Movie Mondays for the month of October. A powerful new movie is coming at two theaters on Monday the 24th of October and Tuesday the 25th of October through Fathom Events. The movie is called First Responders. It is like no other movie you have ever seen, and I'm grateful to have the producer, the mastermind behind all of this, Rick Eldridge, with me on The Bottom Line Show to talk about it. Rick, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good well, to be this here. Is, 
Well, this is, I remember, I'll say 10, 12 years ago, I was invited by the Kendrick brothers to go hang out with them when they were doing some, a lot of media were there to watch the movie Courageous. And they had firefighters and police officers on the set. And I remember talking to one of the police officers and he said, you know, I'm really glad they brought us here because we read the first script and it read like a story, like a a law and order episode. (laughs) There was nothing real in it. We had to go back and rewrite the script. I know that you spent a lot of time talking with people who are first responders who've worked in this this is a very very powerful story but it's very very real talk about what led you to want to make this a project in the first place well first of all i think that you know of course first responders and we hear about it i mean especially in the in the last few weeks with storms and things going on we we see uh, people converging on areas like fort myers and and uh you know really just uh from all over all over the southeast you know it's amazing um, yeah, I, I saw a caravan just the other day headed that way. And here it is several weeks later and they're still doing the pickup and, uh, and it's going to be going on for quite a while. But more than that, I think, uh, we, 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 we had in a world today where we, we have a cancel culture thing going, we have a defund the police thing going till we need them. And then it's like, you know, where are they? You know, why aren't they here? I got them. I got to have them right now or, or, uh, or that kind of thing. But I think the understanding of the sacrifices these guys make. And in the story, we, we covered several points, but what was really critical was that we talked about sacrifices the families make. Yes. And so we, we humanized their story to the point that you really see that it, it's a family commitment. I mean, uh, you know, these guys all feel it and face it every day. And that's a critical point. In terms of the production side of it, uh, we, we did want to make sure we were authentic. Yeah. So yeah. we, uh, we had uh, police fire rescue people there with us the whole time. Uh, some of the fire sequences are very spectacular, and we were so excited to have actually about 30 firemen extras. <laughs> we call them extras. Or they were nice. really doing what they do every day in a typical firehouse and, uh, and very authentic. I mean, we did not want to Hollywoodize this thing to the point that we we did what we think that they might do. We wanted this to be very realistic because we were speaking very specifically to first responders yes. about some of the things they deal with, like PTSD and and the other trauma. I mean, how can you not walk into some of the things they walk into and see the things they see and not be affected by that? Yep. And uh, that's critical. So that's yeah. what we wanted to hit. Well, and I think you did a wonderful job of this. Rick Eldridge is with me today here on The Bottom Line, the producer of the new movie, First Responders. Firstrespondersmovie.com is where you'll find the trailer, and we'll put it up at thebottomlineshow.com as yeah. well. Uh, the movie is going to be in theaters. It's a Fathom Events event, uh, two nights only, October 24th and 25th, and I highly recommend this movie, but I highly recommend it with one caveat, Rick Eldridge, and I'd love for you to <laughs> kind of unpack this for us. Uh, when I was watching and I saw the stories begin to unfold and it was very well portrayed. I mean, obviously very realistic, you know, one minute we're in a bowling alley and the next minute you're fighting a fire or you're at a traffic stop yeah. and your life's at risk. And then as we move through the, 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 the film to, to show the scenes, the way that they were shown, you've got a firefighter, for example, who experiences a horrific uh, experience and has some PTSD as a result of a blaze and some of the dream sequences and things like that. I mean, I want to, caution our audience this is not i mean it's not sugar-coated by any stretch of the imagination it's not super scary but it's very very realistic talk about what what went into uh you know the decisions as to how much how much of the flame how much of the nightmare do you show in a film like yeah that that was a tough i mean we wanted this to be a a, for a wide audience and i think we tried 
to walk that line as closely as we could, mm -hmm. but yet be authentic and be real in the way that we dealt with those issues. And, uh, you know, the, the fire sequence, uh, I mean, we, we could have gone a lot further with some of the things that happened there, but there's a scene that, that, uh, I won't give away the story, but it becomes a very major issue that causes this fireman to begin to reflect on his calling and say, why am I doing what I do? And can I continue to do this? And, uh, we, we have at the end of the movie fathom so graciously gives us kind of a, a, what they call value added where you can actually, after the movie, have some little dialogue around what the movie is about. It's very unique, very different for a movie. Yeah. Well, we had real firefighters, police chief, fire chiefs that were able to to talk about this and really validate some of the things that happened. Because uh, when you see those things and and some of the dream sequences are are, are nightmarish, uh, uh, they're they're you know reliving in a nightmarish fashion. You know what what happened to them. And uh, and it would be easy for a, for somebody that's a little cynical to say, ah, that doesn't really happen. But uh, we had these guys at the end of it saying, you know what? Not only does that happen, it happened to me. Mm. And uh, here's what I'm dealing with for the rest of my life because of that. So uh, very real circumstances and and things that I hope will help us all have compassion and passion for for the work that these guys do and the sacrifices these guys make. Uh, men and women every day for our, for our lives. I, I love the way you cut through some of the political hype and some of the media hype with regard to the first responder movement. I think I'm sure there are some people that say, "Oh, great, this is another movie that's glorifying cops," or "This is another movie where we're kind of romanticizing what it means to be, you know, a public servant." But you don't want to overstate it. You don't want to understate it either. You know, I mean, and let's face it. I mean, I realize this is for me. I came away from this film, especially on the police officer side of it with a much greater appreciation. I mean, not that I didn't have them before. One of my oldest friends has been a sheriff for 30 years, and it's kind of part of our, our friendship and DNA. But I remember him telling me uh, the, the first time he was doing motorcycle patrol, he says, you got to understand, it doesn't matter what the stop is. Every time you're going out to, whether there's someone in crisis or you're just making a routine traffic stop, yeah. you realize that this could be your last call. And I yeah. thought, well, that didn't really, didn't really resonate too much to me until I saw the scenes and the sequence in that uh, story arc in uh, first responders and i i wept i really did you know as i'm watching an officer fighting for her life in the hospital and uh you know just she cried i cried i mean i don't mean i don't know else to describe it rick but well, you got to me yeah. on that one it was very it was very powerful um who spoke into this for you you mentioned there were some people and you've got some folks at the end of the uh, fathom events event that that talked into it yeah. but where did this kind of start for you personally and saying i need to tell this story well, for me personally, I mean, I try to tell stories that that can inspire, entertain, uh, that can uh, can can help us to look differently and think differently about things. And what was going on in our in our world today? I think it was it's very important that we understand the the position of these people and what they do for us on on a daily basis. And uh, you know, looking at where we're at in our world today, where we we tend to to look for the the bad or look for the negative. And that's kind of what we celebrate, you know, in media. Uh, I really wanted to look for the the real and uh, and and the the reality of where uh, uh, these people come from and the things that they face on a daily basis, and and really honor them. Uh, this particular release date is very specific. And a year ago, when we started, I talked to Fathom and I said, First Responder Week is the last week of October. Mm. Block it on your calendar now." Yeah. Yep, and yep. Uh, that's the week where uh, a lot of the, you know, the Lowe's department stores or Lowe's, Lowe's the hardware or, you know, fireman subs, all these guys tend to finally raise the flag and say, you know, we're supporting and we're behind 
first responders. And this is the week that the media talks about it. Uh, we wanted to hit that week and really uh, give people an opportunity to to go to theaters, to maybe take friends to theaters. And you know, I know of churches that are buying out theaters and inviting first responders in the precinct close to them to come. Uh, but whatever we can do to honor them uh, is really what we want to do in this, as well as, as really speak to them and and let them know that we care and that we really do appreciate the things that they do for us every day. Rick Eldridge is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. That's a, a powerful testimony about the movie First Responders, which is in theaters October 24th and 25th. Uh, we've got a link for First Responders movie up at thebottomlineshow.com. And this is a bit of a departure. I was talking to Pat Boone last month yeah. and we were talking about the mulligan. And I thought, were you making both of these at the same time? I mean, because that way I, I, I would just be tossing and turning on the feel good, wonderful, what an inspiring <laughs> Mulligan movie. Yeah. And then to have to go to, to final edits or cuts for for first responders, yeah. that would make my head spin. Talk about the projects you've worked on that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is interesting. This is, you know, I people I mean, I'm I'm I've been doing this for 35 years and I've made over 30 movies. And uh, people ask, were you going to start slowing down a little bit? And that's, well, I'm, I got three movies going right now, so <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and you do have to, I think, uh, you know, uh, look purposely at the films that you do and the timing of the, the films that you do. And as it, as it happened in this case, uh, you know, the, the, the other important thing to know is that uh, all those hundreds of names that you see scrolling by at the end of a movie, and hopefully you stay long enough to see those at the end of the film, mm -hmm. Uh, those are the guys that help me do what I do and help me, you know, walk out of one story into another story and and be able to multitask across multiple things is uh, not only having that kind of a team behind us, but trusting and 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 allowing them to do some creative decision making and be part of the process. Uh, it's it's a collaborative effort. You know, no one guy becomes a quarterback and makes a team happen. He's got to have uh, all the other elements that uh, that make it happen. And and uh, producing is no different and uh, very, very important that that uh, you give honor to those guys that really help you do what you do. And uh, that's the only way I could do it. And uh, I took on a lot this year. It's been been a very, very busy couple years now mm -hmm. getting these films made and getting them out. And uh, we're in edit on a third film that'll be hitting this spring, wow. uh, 2023. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Maybe another time. Oh, I know but, you'll be uh, back. Yeah. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's a joy and really a blessing to be able to do what we do and steward what we do. And uh, no way I could do it without some a great team of people behind us. I love it. Rick Eldridge is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I dropped names here. We've, we've talked about his movies, The Mulligan and Never Again, this year here on The Bottom Line Show. And of course, Ultimate Gift, Ultimate Life. I mean, the list goes on. We'll put his biography up at thebottomlineshow.com so you can see. The new movie, First Responders, is in theaters October 24th and 25th. And as Rick just mentioned, uh, that's First Responders Week. It's a time to uh, honor people who are in that line of work. And uh, one of the areas of First Responders that also uh, is front and center uh, involves the story of what happens after the fact, what happens in terms of the PTSD that these men and women are experiencing. And there's a, a story arc that kind of is interwoven in here as well. Uh, talk about that because there's some pretty gripped uh, emotions and it, it's very, very raw and very real seeing the counseling sessions and things of that nature where people are coming to terms with, hey, I lost someone and or I lost some part of me as a result of this and I don't know how to cope. Yeah, it's it's so critical. And I think uh, what happens, uh, I mean, especially, you know, I know a friend who's a, a Navy SEAL and uh, I won't give you his name. I won't give you his information, but he's been involved in some very, you know, you can imagine 
uh, incredible op- situations and uh, and has had to deal himself personally with PTSD. And and he's he's opened up to me to say, Rick, I can't tell anybody about it mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it makes me look weak. It makes me look like I have an issue and and I do have an issue and uh, and I really do need to talk about it. Uh, we have a person in the movie who was a dispatcher and uh, and and uh, she actually left her job as a dispatcher and went back to school and became a counselor. That's backstory uh, to, to help counsel others that have dealt with some of the things, same things that she did when she would send people into danger. That's what a dispatcher does. They are the first call and then they send the team out and 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 maybe one day they don't all come back. Mm. Uh, so these are very, very real issues. And. And things that don't always get talked about, and sometimes you think it's 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 maybe not the right thing to talk about, and so you hold it in, and that just becomes much more destructive. You know, as we're talking with Rick Eldridge today here about the brand new movie First Responders and men and women who are in law enforcement, who are in firefighting mode, and the counseling and healing arts there as well. Uh, one of the things that I think the movie does a really measured well job. Of is presenting the faith component too. I mean, someone who yeah. isn't a Christian could watch this and say, wow, this is a very powerful story. Somebody who is a Christian could watch this movie and say, uh, there was just enough of that in there. How did you measure that? How did you temper that? Because I would imagine, especially people of faith are no different than people outside the faith right. who are dealing with this type of trauma, but uh, there is a healthy spiritual component here. Talk about that. Absolutely. I think that was very important too. And in one of the couples who have both been in, in law enforcement their entire life and have struggled with the whole nightmare PTSD thing and, and all of the issues. Uh, at, at one point, they've done everything. They've, they've been to counseling. Uh, she's a counselor herself and, and, and dealing with all these issues. And, and finally, there's a point where you just have to say, God, I can't do this, right. you know, and, uh, and, and it helped me. And, and that's what happens in the film. And, uh, and, and we see points where, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think all of us, when we're dealing with stuff that we don't know how to deal with, uh, whether it's finances, whether it's uh, a marriage breaking up, whatever it is, we finally get to a lowest point to where we say, God, help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need your help. And that's when we turn to him, uh, when we should turn to him at all times. Obviously, he's there waiting uh, to to guide us through whatever it is. But uh, we made it a very natural point of what happens in the story and uh, the the character arc of, of of each of our characters, whether it's uh, you know dealing with injury that happens, which some of that happens in this movie, and or the 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 trauma that happens, and and those types of things, to to really cry out to God and 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 understand that that He is the ultimate source, you know. Mm, yeah, I love that. That knowing that there's that ultimate source of comfort and healing and strength, yeah. uh, it, it seems to be essential if you're going to actually, uh, you know, survive what these first responders are responding to. Rick Eldridge is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the executive producer and one of the co-writers of the brand new movie, First Responders. Firstrespondersmovie.com is up at thebottomlineshow.com. You can see the trailer there. Uh, the movie's coming into theaters October 24th and 25th through Fathom Events, and uh, we'll have an opportunity for you to go see this movie too uh, because it's so it's powerful. Rick, what is your hope? There's so many, there's so much ground you cover in a relatively <laughs> short period of time, very comprehensively too. What's your hope for someone who sees first responders, the movie? Well, I hope that they'll, they'll see you, know, the, the sacrifices made and, and have a different maybe attitude and thought, uh, you know, this does happen a lot. I think is you, you see a, a table of uh, first responders and, and you just kind of secretly buy their meal or right. something. And, yeah. But uh, I think it's it's uh, understanding and uh, the 
the sacrifices not only them but their family make and uh, and really having a respect for that and, and an honor for that and this movie hopefully will give honor to them as well as uh as give them a place and a point to uh to deal with some of the issues openly that that they they do face every day so that's my hope is that it uh, it opens up that and and more than anything, it does give honor to 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 the work that they do for all of us. Well, I know our listeners on the Bottom Line Show and our viewers at MyHopeNow.com will have their own opinions, but uh, you get two thumbs way up from the Marsh household on First Responders, okay. the movie. So, Rick Eldridge, thank, thank you, you for, for your time today to talk about this movie. And remember to go see it October 24th and 25th in theaters. Fathom Events event. You can find information on how to get tickets and watch the trailer at thebottomlineshow.com. Rick Eldridge, a pleasure to be with you, sir. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, this is certainly a powerful and gripping story. First Responders, the movie, firstrespondersmovie.com is where you'll find more information about it. My thanks to Rick Eldridge, the producer, the brain trust behind this movie, uh, for joining us here today on The Bottom Line. The movie is in theaters today and tomorrow only. It is a Fathom Events event that uh, is taking place Two nights only. I have a pair of tickets from Fathom Events for tomorrow night screening. This is for Tuesday, the uh, 25th of October. There are certain theaters where it's going to be playing and other theaters where it isn't going to be playing. <laughs> so you'll need to check your local listings. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 That's the number to get you through to the bottom line here on this Movie Monday for a pair of tickets to see First Responders, the outstanding new movie uh, from our guest today here on the bottom line, Rick Eldridge. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. Two seven five two seven eight is the number to get you through to the bottom line. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, you let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound, hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test, and you'd be amazed at the results. So far for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn, and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption, and the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click the preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. My thanks again to Rick Eldridge and uh, the great conversation we had is about his outstanding new movie called First Responders. It's in theaters tonight and tomorrow. It's Movie Monday here on The Bottom Line Show. You know what that means? That means we've got a pair of tickets to give away for First Responders. It's in theaters, I mentioned, tonight and tomorrow. This is a pair of tickets for tomorrow night's screening. So if you're looking for something to do on a Tuesday night, I encourage you to give Teresa and Crystal a call right now, 800-227-5278, That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. And because this is a movie Monday, remember that everyone who calls in today um, 
while supplies last, we have copies of the Gospel of John on DVD. We have copies of the Gospel of Matthew on DVD. We also have, I want to point this out too, we also have some other fine Christian films. We've got a, a couple of Kendrick Brothers movies that are there. So if you get through and you don't win the tickets, be sure to ask Crystal or Teresa for a copy of one of the outstanding movies that uh, we have in our archives. We've got lots of them, and on Movie Mondays, we'd like to give away movies. The whole idea is you've come off the weekend. You're planning ahead for the weekend that's coming. I do realize that, but oftentimes... We talk about movies on Monday because that's when you plan to go see them in the theaters. And, of course, the past couple of weeks, we've had some Fathom Events events to share with you. Uh, last week, of course, talking about the uh, Patterns of Evidence movie, Tim Mahoney's outstanding uh, film that uh, we gave away a pair of tickets to. And today it's Rick Eldridge and uh, talking about first responders. I should point out, if you didn't get a chance to hear the whole interview, in the movie First Responders, they take a very honest look at what it's like to be a first responder. And I know first responder has taken on kind of a different connotation during the pandemic. I mean, anybody who did anything with medicine considered a first responder. And basically, <clears throat> by definition, a first responder is somebody who's the person who gets there first at the time of a tragedy. In this case, this is not designed to romanticize uh, police officers or military, firefighters, this, that, and the other thing. I know there are people who have, you know, some very strong feelings, you know, powerfully pro-police and some people maybe not. Please understand that this is a movie that is based on actual testimonies from people who have served in these first responder roles. And a story about a firefighter who goes into a building, tries to save a kid, has a traumatic experience. There's a fire about a woman who's a police officer, routine traffic stop, gets shot, and um, almost loses her life. A uh, story of a woman who had worked as a police dispatcher who becomes a counselor and her marriage is falling apart. I mean, it's very, very gripping. And the way the story is told, I think, is very compelling. So, i be honest with you, I don't know that the film had been rated when I saw it. Um, use discretion. If you have younger kids or maybe grandkids that you want to thinking about taking to see this film, simply because they do explain, you know, what's going on here. But I love the parallel to our life in Christ with what God was willing to do for each of us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he sent that son into the world that was aflame with sin, that ran the risk of evil, potentially killing us, taking us out, that, that left leaves our hearts and minds oftentimes so stretched and so scarred. You know, when you think about what a first responder has to do, a buddy of mine was a motorcycle cop for many years, and he said, you know, every time you're out on the road, people see the police officers, they go, oh, electric light and blue, how cool is that? But they don't really realize that what happens is, you know, every time you're on the motorcycle and you pull somebody over for a traffic stop, it could be your last time out. And people don't realize that. So um, I, I appreciate the way this movie is told it's told from a faith perspective um, obviously faith in christ is at the centerpiece of all of the healing and restoration that happens in first responders movies um, i don't think that we would spend time talking about a movie that was kind of a little gory and a little suspenseful like this if there was not a faith component but there's a very real faith component and i'd be curious to hear who from the first responders in the bottom line show audience if you're a police officer or retired military uh, firefighter whatever you work in the medical community um, if if this story really resonates with you, I'd love to vouch for the authenticity of it. So thank you so much 
for reaching out to us um, at 800-227-5278. Get a copy of the, the tickets or get a pair of the tickets to go see first responders. We've got one pair to give away. Everyone who calls, though, if you mentioned you would like a movie, if you didn't get in the drawing, we'll be giving away those tickets between now well, about another five minutes or so. So you've got a few minutes left to call in. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, hey, before we wrap things up here for this uh, second half hour of the program, the one half hour where on terrestrial radio, everybody's all together. I want to thank Manuel from Fallbrook, who uh, called in uh, at the end of the program this past Friday and made a contribution to Preborn. That donation, $140, saves five more children. And you want to talk about first responders. There's a whole new category of first responders in the medical community right now, and that are the, those are the men and women who work at abortion, uh, anti-abortion clinics. I mean, in other words, the pregnancy health centers. People who are working with ultrasound technology to show women and their husbands or the fathers of their children that these babies that are in the womb have heartbeats, they are formed perfectly at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Heard from a young woman recently who was going through a pregnancy. She was in between insurance companies. And so she didn't have any insurance, but she knew she'd taken a pregnancy test that she got at the store. Wanted to see an ultrasound, so she went to a local pregnancy resource center and they had an ultrasound machine. They gave her a free ultrasound. And she was so excited to see how far along she was. Turned out she was a little further along than she thought. But pregnancy health centers, pregnancy resource centers are using this kind of technology and our friends at Preborn are at the forefront. When you go to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com, like Manuel did, contacted Preborn, said, hey, I listened to the bottom line. I want to make a contribution. We are in the process of working to get contributions that would, have, that would save 400 children. It's $28 per ultrasound screening. That's the total cost that goes involved to everything. Um, 833-850-BABY is the number to call. $28 donation saves one child, 140 like Ben Well did, uh, saves five, 280 saves 10. 2,800 saves uh, 100 kids. As a matter of fact, uh, was looking through the records in our, my colleague Bob Duco at Bottom Line Show. Uh, excuse me, at the Bob Duco show at WMUZ is also, you know, going head to head with this. They had a couple of $1,200 contributions over the weekend. Good job, Bob. National Crawford Roundtable picked up three more donations that helped save a dozen kids. Your contributions right now are completely tax deductible and every gift you give to Preborn through the Bottom Line show goes to ultrasound 100%, either to getting an ultrasound machine placed at a pregnancy health center or to saving children's lives. Our goal, we're about 25% of the way there. Our goal is to sponsor, to save 400 kids' lives. Will you give a $2,800 donation right now to Preborn? Will you give a $280 donation? 2,800, 100 kids, 280, 10. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com. Click the banner. It'll take you 28 seconds or less to make that contribution and save at least one baby's life. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. We have uh, a great program with Rabbi Schneider discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, more of this great program and discussing the pro-life movement coming up next as the bottom line continues. 
Well, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and congratulations to everyone who called in for those movie tickets here on this Movie Monday, uh, giving away the tickets to go see tomorrow night's performance. Uh, First Responders, the movie. Uh, go back and listen to my interview with Rick Eldridge, the producer of that movie, at thebottomlineshow.com or Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in. You can even catch us on myhopenow.com and catch a little video and uh, kind of get warmed up for the movie that's going to be tomorrow night in theaters actually it's tonight and tomorrow night but uh, realizing that we get off the air just a couple hours before the actual showing of the movie first responders that's why we were giving away tickets to tomorrow night's program to give you enough time to prepare it of course if you called in for a movie monday giveaway and we had already given away the tickets by the time you called we still have movies that we can give away as well that we would love to place in your hands uh, great resources, movie for the Kendrick brothers, like the uh, fireproof, courageous type movies, but also uh, the Gospel of John, the Gospel of Matthew as well. So 800-227-5278. Also, congratulations to our winner of Alicia Childers' new book. Uh, <laughs> the title is great. If you didn't get a chance to hear about our conversation from earlier in today's program, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, basically, it's called Live Your Truth and Other Lies. It's exposing the deception in progressive Christianity. It takes a look at things like live your best life now. You know, God wants you to be happy. Uh, don't judge others. You know, those types of things. And Elisa and I had a very uh, spirited conversation about that book, and we're happy to give away copies of that as well. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through for the Bottom Line Show. Our giveaways, a couple of them today here on this movie Monday. You know, it's interesting to see how the election season is shaping up. And, I, you know, it's amazing how the Democrats uh, have used abortion as a fundraising tool. You know, the whole idea that you can't uh, uh, you can't take away Roe versus Wade. You know, Governor Newsom basically staking his entire political future on the passage of Proposition 1, which would codify or codify, if you will, into law, abortion and contraception as part of the California state constitution. Right now they're available by law, but this would make a constitutional amendment. 70% of Democrats in California do not want to have any sort of access to abortion during the third trimester. Proposition one would make abortion constitutionally mandated, basically by protecting a woman's right to freedom, uh, the, the full free speech and privacy. They, they keep telling you that the reason that it's important to have these laws is we don't want the government telling you what to do with your body. At the same time, though, the legalization of abortion is a mandate from the government telling you what to do with your body. Now it gives you the opportunity to choose, right? Well, not necessarily. What about the women who don't choose to abort? What kind of counsel do they get? What kind of support do they get? None. Go to an abortion clinic. You remember California passing abortion law eh, three, four years ago. That would require the pregnancy health center, like the ones that Preborn sponsors, and would require them to post a sign that said, here's where you can get an abortion in California. But there was no such mandate for the abortion clinics. And the reason was on a technicality. The technicality was since the abortion clinics especially if they were Planned Parenthood abortion clinics, had met some kind of state licensing requirement and the pregnancy resource centers or the pregnancy health centers typically did not, then it was the pregnancy health centers that had to post where you could get an abortion. But the abortion clinics have no state law or federal law mandating that they require 
any kind of counseling for adoption. Now, let that sink in for a moment because the number of people who are, quote-unquote, pro-life, as it were, talk about adoption, sure. But when it looks to an abortion, look at Planned Parenthood, the largest provider of abortions in America. Of the million-plus abortions provided in America, 384,000 were performed at Planned Parenthood clinics. And how many adoption referrals did they give out? 1,800. Now take out your calculator and divide 1,800 by 384,000. And that shows you what small percentage of women who came to Planned Parenthood were given abortion and adoption counseling and which ones actually took it. And the reason I, I bring that up is because what our friends at Preborn tell us, 83% of the women who get an ultrasound at a preborn clinic and then are given what their three options are legally in the states that a preborn operates in. Your three legal options are, congratulations, you're a mom. Here's how you'd carry a child to term and release that child for adoption, or you can abort the child. 55% of women in America who have had abortions and say they were not told about the adoption option, say that if they knew adoption was an option, they would have put their child up for adoption. 55%. When you consider the 65-plus million kids murdered in this country because of legalized abortion, and then realize that more than half of them could have been saved for an ultrasound machine or an adoption option, well, it's just heartbreaking. But this is the way the campaigns are being run. California's doubling down. Jack Hibbs from StopProp1.com joined me last week on Super Tuesday. We talked about the fact that their Rasmussen poll indicates that 79% of all Californians do not want Prop 1 passed because it legalizes abortion in the third trimester, and they don't think it should be legalized in the third trimester. But beyond that, 70% of Democratic voters in California say that they oppose Proposition 1 as well. If you are listening to me right now, and you are listening to me, if you respond, I realize it's kind of a rhetorical announcement. If you're a Democrat and you listen to the Bottom Line Show, statistically, the majority of Democrats who listen to the Bottom Line Show are pro-life and they don't want to see Proposition 1 pass. Please let your voice be heard. Don't listen to your Democratic governor who tells you, well, this is the right thing to do. We're going to enshrine these rights and we're going to provide protections for women. You're not providing any protections for the pre-born children. They're in the womb. And I say that as an expected grandpa who's waiting for a call from Texas any minute to find out about fourth grandchild being born. Taylor and Christian are waiting for their son. Uh, they know that through ultrasound technology. They're anticipating a boy. His name will be Nazareth to hang out with his sister Zipporah kind of into Old Testament names. Emily and Brian have a son, Isaac. You see where the family's kind of going with baby names here. Preborn is at the forefront of this fight. They're not fighting Prop 1. I mean, this is not a political fight. But they are countering what Prop 1 would do by providing good, godly counsel through the simple act of showing an ultrasound image to the woman of her child in the womb. Bottom line show listeners have been so grateful. So far, dozens of calls have come in at 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Your $28 donation saves a baby's life. Your $280 donation saves 10 babies' lives. Your $2,800 donation 
saves 100 babies' lives. Tomorrow, I want to give you a wet, little wet the appetite here. Tomorrow on the Bottom Line Show, my friend and colleague Scott Wilder is going to join me, and we have an opportunity for you to provide an ultrasound machine to a pregnancy resource center, a pregnancy help center that needs it. We have an opportunity. Now, that's a $15,000 investment, but I think we can, in two days' time, I think we're going to have enough resourcing to get one of those done, and you're going to be a part of that. So be listening to tomorrow's edition of The Bottom Line and Wednesdays as well, and we are going to... We're going to see this happen. I believe God is ordaining this, that to happen. Hey, uh, at, uh, just a quick little note here. We're not doing a f- traditional Super Tuesday program tomorrow, but I wanted to drop this little note in uh, because it involves a guy here in Southern California, a man by the name of Christian Alexander Sikor, who used to be a student at UCLA. Uh, he accepted a plea deal uh, earlier this year requiring that he admit to a felony count of obstructing an official proceeding in return for the dismissal of other charges like assault, resisting arrest, impeding officers, and civil disorder. As you can imagine, this is a 24-year-old guy who committed the crime of being part of the group of people who are being labeled as insurrectionists on January the 6th, 2021. Actually, on January 5th, 2021, he traveled to Washington, D.C., sent a text message to another person on the way, said, I brought a gas mask. I expect this stuff to go sideways. And then on the 6th, He actually was able to push his way into the Capitol building. He sat in former Vice President Mike Pence's vacated seat while storming the U.S. Capitol. Uh, He's been sentenced to three and a half years in prison for, for doing that. It's very interesting. You know, people who, uh, you know, now granted, President Trump did call this a stop the steal rally. And, uh, you know, and, and the news media have been quick to point out that the election wasn't stolen. It might have been borrowed a little bit, but it wasn't stolen. Well, it's interesting. And we'll keep you posted on more people in our listening area who wind up having to do time. A lot of folks are going to be doing some really hard time for things that eh, I think some passions got out of whack. I don't think our democracy was ever in danger. Don't let the left lie to you about that. That's just not true. But regarding the election being stolen... Was it, in fact, stolen or was it just kind of hijacked a little bit? You can actually you could pretty much pretty easily diffuse the stop the steal uh, argument pretty quickly. The left says Donald Trump said stop the steal. And that's a big lie. We just tell people he falsely claims baseless claims, blah, 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 falsely claims that the election was stolen. Okay, I, I can see where you can come with that conclusion. But the baseless claims that it was tampered with, I don't see that happening. And as a matter of fact, on the other side of this break, I have one example of several that just came down from a Michigan courtroom last week that actually gives a little bit of credence to what President Trump said about thinking that the election had been tampered with, if not outright stolen. We'll talk about that story coming up next as the bottom line continues. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life. Let's revisit our one-year CD. Had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you'd have put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now, which is a nice round number. Had a client sell his house, had $450,000 in the bank. I told him, is he really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months? You want to leave this in the bank earning nothing? Or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? 
So he said, how much? I said, well, how about between 20 and 30,000? He says, zero versus 20 or 30,000. Yeah, he says, I like the 20 or 30,000. Sounds better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh getting a little extra Super Tuesday in because tomorrow we have a very special day for you regarding our association with Preborn and an opportunity that has just come up featuring our own Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial Services, that's going to make it possible for us as Bottom Line listeners to rally around for a couple of days and really pile on the donations to Preborn to see about getting an ultrasound machine in the hands of a, a pregnancy health center that desperately needs it. Um, speaking of Dennis, I, I just I want to brag on him a little bit. Um, as you know, Dennis Wilson's been part of the Bottom Line Show pretty much as long as we've been on. I mean, almost as long as, long as I've been doing the program solo, Dennis has been one of our main sponsors. And we've developed a good friendship over the years. We go to baseball games together. Uh, we, we have laughed together, cried together, you know, whatever. But in addition to that, what many people don't know is that um, we had been on the air with Dennis for a couple of years when my parents reached out to me. And I talked to him about Dennis and said, look, I mean, they were working with one of those large, uh, big name, no service brokerage houses for years. They were members of the state teacher's retirement system. They had a good pension, social security, stuff like that. They had some investments, but I recommended that they check with Dennis. And they were cautiously optimistic. They were very gracious, you know, but they, they didn't know Dennis the way I did. And I, and I get it. I understand that. Well, um, in 2013, my dad had two serious health challenges. He had a stroke, and uh, then I took that 2017, he had a couple more. By 2015, though, my mom had a heart attack, and I remember they were living in San Diego at the time, and I found out about it during my show. My dad called me and said, you know, have a good show, but mom had a heart attack, she's in the hospital. So after the show was over, I got in the car, drove down from Orange County to uh, San Diego. I went into the hospital room. She was there. They had given her a stent. She had passed out that morning while they were having breakfast and uh the uh emts came rushed her to the hospital were able to give her life resuscitating procedures on the way they put in a stent and she was doing fine she's got a couple of stents now and and, and things are going great she is in the hospital recovering from a uh a broken hip but um uh, she was doing great i walked in i said mom you look great how do you feel and the first thing she said to me i kid you not was i think it's time for us to call dennis wilson and so we did, and we had a few meetings over the next, you know, uh, year or two, and eventually they started kind of moving some of their investments over, and then they wound up selling their place in San Diego, moving to Orange County, and then they became full-blown, full-fledged Wilson Financial Services clients, and I, I'm so grateful for the great care that Dennis shows all of his clients, not just my parents, but my sister's become a client as well, and I've reaped the benefits, you know, of, of they're knowing that their money is secure. Um, over this past weekend, my parents have been in poor health of late. They're both in their late 80s. And we needed to make a transition from where they're living to something that requires a little more medical assistance. And so I shot Dennis a text on Sunday and said, hey, um, you know, can we get some time on Monday? Absolutely. So this morning we were on the phone, having a little conference call. You know, he had their account information, whatever. And we started discussing what their options were for you know more advanced levels of care and and he had mentioned that they were in a couple of cd alternatives in those accounts you know we talk about dennis talks about 4d money all the time 
And the thing about the four dimensions of 4D money is if you go with a CD alternative that is 4D friendly, uh, one of the, you know, the, there are four different dimensions. You know, the first dimension, of course, is that your money is secure. You're never going to lose any money. The second one is it's going to get a good return. I mean, this is a um, something that will generate some income, so it's not like a quote-unquote life insurance policy where you pay a certain amount and at the end of a certain period of time they give you a payoff. This is something where you place your money in a life insurance type of thing and they... Uh, you earn interest, and it usually does better than the market. So that's, you know, number two. Number three, obviously, there's a death benefit when you pass away. But number four is a long-term care benefit. And because they have those accounts with Dennis, when I reached out to him, you know, the obvious question was, they're going to need more medical care. It's going to cost more money. And, you know, where are they? And he said, Rod, you got nothing. He, he almost chuckled a little bit. He says, I know this isn't, this is a very serious subject, but they have nothing to worry about because the long-term care will cover what they need. And I have to admit, you know, this is a decision that had been four or five years in the making, but when they first went to Dennis with those needs and he recommended the CD alternatives, they went with them thinking, okay, this is just going to pay a little interest and, you know, kind of like if it would if I left it as a certificate of deposit in the bank. But today we found out yet again how much we benefit from Wilson Financial because what Dennis basically said to us is, look, remember that money you would have put in the certificate of deposit in the bank? You'd have to pay some kind of bank fees. There's a penalty for taking out it early if it's a three to five year term. You know, the, this is a lot more flexible. It's a lot more fungible, which means you can move it around easier. But then to have a death benefit, but also to have a long term care benefit, you're not going to get that on your certificate of deposit in the bank. And that's why I wholeheartedly recommend Wilson Financial Services to you as a bottom line listener. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970 is the number to get through to Wilson Financial and ask them about a CD alternative and say, please tell me about the CD alternative that has the long-term care benefit. There aren't insurance companies. You might think, well, I'll just get that insurance on my own. There are, most insurance companies don't write those policies anymore. So if you want long-term care, one of the only places you can get it is through Wilson Financial Services. So you have a chance to take your money. Let's say you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars and it's in the bank right now, maybe a half million. And it's sitting in the bank and it's earning interest and it's getting one or two percent. I saw one place uh, out. We were running errands this morning and um, saw a sign. It was a credit union that said, we can give you three percent interest if you'll leave your money with us for five years. And I knew there would be a substantial penalty for early withdrawal. And I thought 3% really in this economy where, you know, lending rates are high. So maybe banks want more money. And I thought to myself, wait, with the CD alternative, you're going to earn better than that. Number one, number two, it's an annual turnaround. So it's liquid. If you need to get it, you just go get all your money out of it. No big deal. But then to have a death benefit like it's an insurance policy and to have long-term care benefit, your certificate of deposit in the bank can't get you that. And so I can't stress enough. I mean, this is just my heart being very tender, you know, and, and realizing, of course, that as your parents need greater care, you know, for us, my sister and I are in our 60s, my younger brother's in his late 50s. Um, as we think about our parents, you know, getting older, there's that point where in your health care costs more and your benefits, you know, whatever, to have something that's leaving a lasting legacy for kids and grandkids, but then also taking care of the long-term care benefits right now, 
I can't stress Wilson Financial enough. If you find yourself in that situation, if you have elderly parents who are getting older and they need a greater level of care, or they might, if they're kind of heading in that direction, call Dennis Wilson today. Ask about the CD alternative, the 4D CD alternative, because that fourth D is long-term care. You will not find it anywhere else, and Dennis knows how to make it work for you. Is it expensive? No. <laughs> 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial and drop Dennis a note. Okay, uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, i got to share this with you because for everybody on the left who says, Donald Trump's making baseless claims about whether or not the election was stolen, yet another case, this one coming out of Michigan, where an election integrity law has overturned bad politics that makes everyone get the impression that maybe the 2020 outcome in Michigan might have been tampered with. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Don't overpay on interest and fees by going with the wrong lender. Newport Bay Mortgage won't charge you points on your reverse mortgage wherever it is possible for them to do so. You will have peace of mind with the possibility of having additional cash to draw from to pay for unexpected expenses. Owner Cliff and his team do what they can to maximize the amount of cash available to you while minimizing the cost of closing. The result of having another stream of income relieves stress that you didn't even know was there. You'll save thousands by working with Newport Bay Mortgage because they avoid charging you points and they will never tack on unnecessary fees. When considering ways to relieve financial stress in, before, or for retirement, you need Newport Bay Mortgage. Visit kbrightradio.com reverse. Contact Cliff today. Call 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080, NMLS 332-559. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, kind of a, a precursor to Super Tuesday for tomorrow. For those who have ever wondered about the left screaming about, well, the baseless claims of Donald Trump and his minions because the 2020 election was fair and square, et cetera, et cetera. May I submit to you a case out of Michigan that underscores the reason why so many people believe that the 2020 election was tampered with. Republicans have scored a legal victory this week after a judge ruled against the Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson over state restrictions that were imposed on poll challengers ahead of the 2022 midterms. The Michigan Republican Party and the RNC, Republican National Committee, filed a lawsuit against Ms. Benson, who is a Democrat, in a bid to invalidate new instructions that she handed down for election observers and challengers. Now, remember, in the 2020 election, we had all that stuff coming out of Georgia. They were counting votes, then they stopped counting votes, and then the people, people in Pennsylvania weren't allowed to watch the vote counters count. I know in Los Angeles County, there was a big hue and cry because Republicans actually got to watch the vote counting along with Democrats, and apparently they hadn't been able to before. I mean, it's nuts. Well, Michigan took a look at what happened in 2020, which was one of the contested states, and they put in some new laws that basically were going to wound up violate state election law. Judge Brock Schwartzel ordered Benson's office to either remove a May 2022 manual or amend specific sections that he said violate state election law and the Administrative Procedures Act, which is a federal law passed in 1946. 
Quote, and this is what the judge wrote in his ruling last Thursday, an executive branch department cannot do by instructional guidance what it must be, do by promulgated rule. This straightforward legal maxim does most of the work in resolving these three consolidated cases. Judge Swartzold noted that some provisions of the Michigan Poll Challenger Manual included a ban on using electronic devices at mail-in ballot counting boards, and that were at odds with state law, or it didn't go through the public rulemaking uh, procedures properly that require comment from public and state lawmakers. According to Judge Schwartzel, under the APA, only a department's rule promulgated by that department through the crucible of public notice and comment rulemaking has the force and effect of law. Any other pronouncement by a department does not have the force and effect of law unless specifically authorized by Michigan legislature. Election challengers credentialed by political parties and organizations can contest a voter's eligibility to cast a ballot. They can also challenge election procedures at polling locations and counting boards that process absentee ballots. Poll watchers observe Election Day activities. The RNC and Michigan Republican Party celebrated the win in a statement saying that the ruling is, quote, a victory for the rule of law and election integrity. Basically, the uh, Bureau of Elections argued that the manual is needed to fend off the disputes over the 2020 election, but in response, um, Judge Schwartzel's ruling overrode the uh, rulings of Jocelyn Benson. So basically, what you had was a Democrat Secretary of State who decided to issue guidances that basically were going to continue to favor Democrats in Michigan. And when the RNC, Republican National Committee, filed a lawsuit, the judge ruled that, yes, you can't just issue a guidance on your own that violates state election law from 1946 and federal election law as well. So when people say, you know, well, so-and-so, try, you know, the baseless claims of Donald Trump, in all honesty, the, the claims that many people made were not baseless. This was absolutely baseless. If there was a question with regard to the processing of absentee ballots at the Central Counting Board of the TCF Center in Detroit, Michigan, which is where this all happened the day after the election, there is a process. Just as many of the suits filed by the Trump administration were thrown out because the people who filed the suit did not have legal standing to file the suits, in this case, Michigan's Secretary of State did not have legal standing to author guidelines that contradicted Michigan state election law. So the next time you hear someone saying, stop the steal, yeah, I'll give you that. But baseless claims, there were too many claims that were based in legal fact and precedent to count, quite frankly. Election integrity matters on both sides of the political aisle. That's the bottom line.